welcome to a new podcast where we're breaking through and breaking it down with a new girl, your host, Dawn Piercy. Welcome to a new podcast. My name is Dawn Piercy. I am your host. Tonight, I am bringing you someone very special, Vita Gaffati. She's an award-winning actress and voiceover artist, producer, on-air air host, fashion blogger, and martial arts, as well as being inducted in the first Iranian to be inducted into the Martial Arts Hall of Fame, which is so awesome. You may have seen her on Jimmy Kimmel Live, The Mindy Project, and many, many others, and also Harley Wallen's Abeyance. Vita, it's great to have you on a new podcast. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. It's such an honor to be on your amazing show with your amazing self. I, I love being interviewed by someone as educated, smart, uh, full of wisdom as you are. It's truly an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. Now, I, I feel like I've had a chance to get you to know you a little bit. Uh, we're Facebook friends. And yeah. um, I know you're with the Williamson Management Company, Joe Williamson. And he's so nice, isn't he? Yes, a big shout out to Joe Williamson. Thank you so much, Joe. I sincerely, sincerely appreciate the interview. Thank you so much for the amazing opportunity. Thanks. Now, Vita, um, I know from my research, you have done so much more than what I have stated. Um, You're also a comedian. You've done stand-up. And you are also an award-winning international TV host, producer, and media consultant with over a decade in front and behind the camera. Um, So for our audience that have a passion and love of film, journalism, any of it, we're probably going to answer your questions tonight. So you're going to want to stay tuned in. Now, can you tell us about your journey how first off how you got into journalism and um, started as an international tv host and then producing media management to comedy and acting i want to know everything <laughs> it's so oh, much thank inspiration you so much, thank you you know i think it, for me i'm from washington dc born and raised and that's a very political town so if you're not into politics back in the day when i was growing up there you got into like law and I'm, right. I don't think I'd be a good lawyer. Or you get into the media, because the media there, it's no Manhattan, but it's not too shabby. I mean, it's it's much better now than when I was starting out, but it's it was just like a natural progression. I was You're surrounded by news if you're in Washington. News right. is always happening. So I got into journalism. I minored in journalism. I worked on Capitol Hill. And I think what I had going for me back then was I'm of Persian descent, Iranian descent. So I basically got my start as a researcher for a New York Times writer. Her name is Elaine Chilino. She is now doing like the travel section. But when she was younger, she was doing the Iran beat. And she wrote a book about Iran and I was her researcher. And I got grants from the Woodrow Wilson Institute in DC and also the uh, US Institute of Peace. And I believe I did something else with the Middle East Institute, but that was not like working for Ms. Chilino. So right. I did a lot of research on that. I also worked at my local CBS affiliate. I was a researcher there, but I started at the very bottom. I was a PA and I just, one thing led to another. And then when I moved out here, there were opportunities for me in journalism. And since I speak Farsi, I don't know if most people know this, but at some point there's at least... 30 Persian satellite TV stations, and they're all internationally broadcast. 
They're really big in Europe, Dubai, those kinds of places. Okay. So I, I worked for three of them, like three of the big ones. And I had my own shows on them, but I, you know, I was also an actor, but it was, what was interesting for me was because my English, you know, I'm fluent. I'm a natural born speaker. I would voice their promos in Farsi and English. And I joke, cause you know, it's not like here where you have a AFTRA or the Screen Actors Guild unions. I would do twice the work for half the pay was my little shtick. And after doing that, like one of the guys in the editing bays in the editing booth, one of the editors was like, why don't I put together a reel for you? Um, why don't I submit it to some other stations? I was like, okay, if I only knew it was always this easy and maybe I can see what you can voice. I did all sorts of infomercials. I did commercials, but I mean, I'm surprised they would go with me as opposed to a native speaker, but maybe, Hey, they wanted to try something different. I guess I had a more youthful and chipper voice, but so I, and I think they liked my style because they're like old pe older people, like at the time. Now it's like right. full of young people. But at the time, it was kind of like very like old timey, like Walter Cronkite style. So I think <laughs> like my promos, because I, you know, I added like a little bit of a, I, they'd have me do like baby bottle formulas. They had me do like, I guess it was like stuff for the young moms. I had to do something about like a commercial about cribs. So the, they would have me do like the young stuff for like young people. Or like nutritional supplements, you know, like right. are you getting vitamin D? Like uh, they would have me do stuff like that, and then I was like, you know what? I should do more reels. I have this beautiful studio. This guy, you know, he's doing all sorts of things for different companies. So that led to voiceover, and of course, voiceover led to acting. I did minor in theater and journalism at the University of Maryland, but yeah, it was a. It's been a great ride. It's been a wonderful experience. And, when I started out in the industry as an actor, I would get a lot of the Middle Eastern parts, but I found those very limited because, you know, I'd be in a headscarf and right. the problem with the headscarf roles, I call them the hijab roles, or as one of my friends as a manager would call them the hijab jobs. When I would get the hijab jobs, the problem with the hijab jobs is those women are not known to talk. So I'd be written these beautiful monologues where I'm like, don't, you know, don't bomb my village or, you know, please help my son to the border or, you know, name any, you know, thing that you want to name is like stereotypically Middle Eastern or I want to come to the U.S. for a better life, you know, for me. And I'm not making fun of it. I'm right. just making fun of like the stereotypical writing, which I shouldn't make fun which of. I've watched my, my son and I have foreign movie night every week. And mm. we watch Iranian films and Arabic films. Iranian films are incredible, aren't they? And there's such heart, like the breadwinner, you know? The, oh, my God. They're heartbreaking. They're heart-wrenching. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. But then it, it really just hits you, you know, because you feel for them. Yes. You really, you really it's do. It's a lot like the Chinese New Age, uh, New Wave and New Age films of the 80s. I think it's a lot like those movies. I think because there's so many restrictions right. in that culture that they often have to use children or, you know, young people. And they're always looking for something. They're always searching for something like the children of heaven, the kid needed shoes for the race. So it's like it's like a metaphor for what they're searching for. Right. So I found that very interesting. So I would go from playing these roles, often the lines would be much more diminished by the time it went through editing. And I got very frustrated with it. Yet on the other hand, I also felt very blessed that I could be like ethnically ambiguous. So it's just opened a lot of other doors for me. Well, I think the Middle Eastern roles are great and I'll still go for them if I get the chance. I really enjoy playing and growing into my and growing into myself, if that makes sense, and growing yeah, into being an artist more. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like women say it's very hard, but the older I get, I get to play more authoritarian roles, uh, more women of power. 
Uh, that's been a recent theme for me for this past year, year and a half. So I'm just very excited about that. And it's uh, it's opened a whole new, you know, outlet for me. And it's it's much better being an, an artist getting to like express yourself in a full character as opposed to like a few lines or as opposed to like a few scenes where you're just right. like a utility character. So that's basically what I've noticed in my career. I'm very grateful for that. I just recently worked with someone you interviewed, the amazing Harley Wallen, yes. on his fantabulous cutting edge film called Abeyance. It's probably going to be out this fall. Uh, I'm sure it's going to have a big world premiere, splashy world premiere in Hollywood. He is such a talented filmmaker. He is. It stars, oh, so amazing. And such an amazing actor. Richard Tyson, Scout K Taylor Compton from Halloween 1 and 2, Billy Worth from The Lost Boys. I got Mel to meet Novak. him. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, 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 Mel Novak from Bruce Lee's Game of Death. You have uh, Yan Birch from The People Under the Stairs, uh, the stunning Katie Wallen from Betrayed. So incredible incredible people in this movie it's a i can't really give much away but uh, i play a very powerful smart savvy scientist named nikita and i think after that playing that role uh it just opened a lot of doors for me to play those sorts of roles to play the doctor to play the lawyer to play the researcher uh the marine biologist which i'm all going to get to play which is really nice that is so cool. You know, I was just getting ready to, to say you have been in so many projects as of late. And I was going to ask you about Avance and also the meat, the meat hook massacre, the final chapter, uh, yes. Miranda Vale. There's so many of them. Ed and the Living Dead. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about those those roles, too? And also the TV series Parole. Sure, sure, sure. So, um, wow, uh, Meat Hook Massacre. It was very interesting working on that. That sh that ser that franchise has rabid fans. No pun intended with a Meat Hook, but franchises <laughs> have really big fans. And it was uh, directed by the amazing Dustin Ferguson, who I'm honored, honored to be a frequent collaborator uh, with. He's an amazing young director. He's very prolific. He's, I don't know, he's directed about over 60 feature films. He's wow. just very, very talented. He's one of those guys who knows everything about every movie. Um, in his youth, he owned a video store. He's like one of those guys. He's like the ultimate consummate movie authority. Very talented director. I play Samantha, the concerned older sister of the lone remaining survivor of the massacre. So I'm like this California gal and I'm like, you know, I'm separated from my sister. She moves out here to get away from it. I can't reveal too much, but the sister is very troubled and I'm a very uh, Southern California, sunny disposition, like cheery person. And I'm just trying to deal with my sister and her PTSD from the massacre. And um, that was just an experience to work on. People love those franchise horror films. Like like rabid, rabid fans. So right. that was well, a great experience. When, when I seen that Billy Worth was in it, and I, I actually met him at the, I, I believe it was the Horror Hound Film Fest, uh, Comic-Con, like at Comic-Con, the Horror Hound mm -hmm. uh, Festival. Mm -hmm. It came through Indianapolis, and I went That's up there and I met him, and I got to hang out with him, and I was there for like four or five hours, and it was really cool. He was a really down-to-earth guy. Yes, and the man has not aged. <laughs> he has not aged. Thing. He looks the same. He just cut his hair. Yep. 
absolutely. Yeah, you look, the same. You look now, the same. It's inspiring to see somebody that has an age, and he's an incredible actor. So is. it was great to work with him on Ambeas. Yeah, very, very talented. Not just a pretty face, just an amazing, amazing actor. So much range in his character. And I've seen his other films recently. He did another film with Harley called Betrayed, and he okay. knocked it out of the park. He's an amazing, talent, amazingly talented guy and very, very humble. Very so nice. there's that one. Miranda Vale is Levin Garbish's film, and I play a concerned young mom. My daughter is losing it. Uh, she doesn't know my daughter's played Miranda Vale. This mm. is Miranda Vale, and I'm Alice Vale. She's in the title role, the daughter. And I play, like, the concerned mom, but it's a mystery thriller. You don't know, is the daughter really going crazy, or is the world around her going crazy? Am I real? Am I an illusion? It's a very ethereal, trippy movie, and it's very artfully, creatively done. And I really enjoyed that one. For Ed of the Living Dead, I love period pieces. And this, I believe this is, no, I take it back. I've played like gypsies and stuff in period pieces, but I've never, this is like my first period piece where it's the, like the 1950s. And Ed of the Living Dead is based on Ed Wood. And it's kind of about Ed making his movies. And I play one of like the, you know, the starlets of the days of yore, like imagine like a Vivian Lee type mm -hmm. or uh, God, like a Norma Desmond, or I don't know who was around in the 50s, like a Olivia de Havilland, like I'm at the end of my career. I'm like this diva, Victoria Crane. I don't know if I can reveal much. And I'm very bitter and I'm trying to resurgence, have a resurgence in my career. So I do the, because, you know, yet a lot of these famous people do his horror movies in, in their later years. So I'm like humbling myself by being in this movie. Though I like Ed, I don't like dealing with the other actors. I'm like the ultimate diva actress in this. <laughs> in the 1950s, so I, when I did my audition, I did like 1950s hair and makeup. I wore like a faux fur. Uh, I had a lot of fun with the audition and I think that really helped. I wore like a faux fur jacket, one of my mom's vintage jackets. And I was just like, you know, having an attitude and I put like the, the red lipstick on and I did the whole, and I curled my hair and I did the whole thing like, oh, I have to work with you people like you know like my life isn't like this tragic enough that i have to work with idiots like you people so uh that's the role i play is the diva victoria crane and it's basically behind the scenes in ed's world and you know all his eccentricities and all the people that he worked with it's it's all based on that so i'm really really excited about that one i sincerely hope i didn't give too much away but tim well, i can't wait to see it makes me want to see it more i can tell you lots that. of screen queens are in it we also have the amazing maria olsen who's a legendary horror actress i'm so honored to finally work with her on that film such an honor i'm also going to be working with her on another film also, this film is directed by the amazing Brandy Mason, The End of the Living Dead. So I love having a female director. It's so incredible. And I feel like she's really in tune with horror and she's really in tune with retro. So I think it's like the perfect mix. I will also be working with Maria on another film. And it's also another Dustin Ferguson film. It's called Los Angeles Shark Attack. And it's, the, it's a shark movie, but it's the POV of the sharks. So it's an environmental, like there's like an environmental, okay. like how the sharks feel about this attack. And I play like another scientist. I can't give away too much about my character, but it's an amazing cast. Again, we have the amazing Mel Novak from Tarantino favorite game. Him. Yeah. Mel Novak is incredible. I have learned so much from him, mostly not just acting, but how to protect myself in a scene because of all of his stunt and martial arts experience, mm -hmm. like how to not get too injured, but also the amazing Brink Stevens from Slumber Party Massacre, Donna Lee Heising, 
just amazing, amazing. Kelly Maloney from, I believe she's from the, um, uh, what is it called? Chopping Mall. She's also okay. in, um, God, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Just an amazing, amazing actress. Like It's like a star-studded uh, indie cast for the Los Angeles Shark Attack. I'm over the moon for that one, and I get to play somebody really smart. I love it when I get to do smart characters because I can like I can like think a little and do this without being right. too obvious. So I love it because, you know, you can take a moment when you're a smarty pants actor as opposed to like, oh, my God, what's right. happening? <laughs> you know, I love it. Oh, my God, what's happening? You know, girl on the train tracks. But it's nice to get to play smart people, too. Right. Not just run upstairs, but actually exactly. go out or, the door. Or run away from the train or whatever they're doing. Right. 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 Now, I know that you have won several awards and the latest ones. There's a few in 2018. You won voice best voiceover uh, artist at the Los Angeles Nollywood Film Awards, as well as at the Lucky Strike Film Festival and the Trailblazer Award at the Universe Multicultural Film Festival. Tell us about those and congratulations, because that is awesome. And then also, Vita, you are the first, and I mentioned this, the Iranian descent to be inducted into the Martial Arts Hall of Fame. So also tell us, about your history with martial arts after the awards and what's your favorite style? Sure, sure. You know, I love kickboxing, but I will be honest, I have terrible tendonitis in my right shoulder. So I've kind of had to take a break for it. I've done kickboxing a long time, but I've always had to take breaks because of injuries. I'm really a yoga and Pilates fanatic, though I do have martial arts experience. I kind of have to be very mindful. And especially after an incident on a set, I injured myself. Okay. I've been very cautious. But yes, I am the first Iranian American. And I believe the first Iranian American woman too. I don't know if I'm the first Middle Eastern woman because I know there was other Middle Easterners. There was an Israeli guy there that night. Okay. But I don't think I were any other Middle Eastern women that I know of. But um, I was very excited about that. It's a wonderful organization, the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. And Jim is incredible, the founder, and Lori Hallmark. They're incredible people, and they just do so much for the community. And they have, not only is it the Martial Arts Hall of Fame, they have classes, they have workshops. Mm -hmm. It happens once a year. There's incredible, incredible souls that do it. Uh, as for the awards, they were all from this wonderful show that I'm reoccurring on. It's called The Suspense Show. Okay. It's on XM Satellite Radio. It's a three-time Peabody-nominated show created by John Aldisek. It's recorded at uh, Melrose Music at Raleigh Studios in the heart of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's an honor to work on that. So basically, The Suspense Show is the forerunner to The Twilight Zone. Rod Sterling also hosted that as well okay. so this is the remake of the suspense show and i play various characters and um particular episodes i guess stood out and i was honored to be awarded by these amazing amazing festivals and it's just a wonderful opportunity and the funny thing about that is i also do retro in that there's a there's one episode where i record with mel where it's like i'm like a it's like a gumshoe detective piece and um, I'm kind of like a femme fatale and I, I trick men and I, you know, but it's all voiceover. I'm not really right. tricking men. Uh, so I'm like this scheming femme fatale, like, you know, like Mata Harry type woman. And what I love about voiceover is you can really voice anything. You can really play anything. You can be leading lady. You can be a character woman. You can be, you know, like a cheerleader. You can be whatever you want right. to be when, when you're doing voiceover. And, you know, John's studio is incredible. And 
There's uh, amazing actors that have worked on it, like Marilyn Gigliotti from Clerks and um, just amazing, amazing people. Adrian from um, Xena Princess Warrior. So it's okay. just amazing, amazing actors that I've gotten to interact with on that show. I worked with an actor from the show Bosch. It's just a wonderful experience. It's like a veritable who's who of, of, of actors that have worked on suspense. And it's such an honor for me to do it at, at Rally Studios. Sounds you know, like a lot of fun. And it sounds chance. like you oh, enjoy it's it. A lot of fun. It's a lot of fun and it's a beautiful studio. And, you know, there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of history with suspense. So it's really, and there's such a big audience for that. Um, there's such a draw. People really love uh, radio plays. And, you know, that has its own following. So it's been wonderful to be a part of that. It's it's really been a great experience. Nice. Now, I, I've got to ask you, okay, tell us about your time on Jimmy Kimmel Live. For sure. I had the opportunity to work on Jimmy Kimmel. I've been in a couple episodes, but oftentimes the, they do sketches. Mm -hmm. So the sketches sometimes um, they would only air once. Like it depends on how newsworthy it is. Like something happens in the news. I was like a DA once. Okay. And you know, like I had like a, a terrible uh, criminal that I had to deal with. I was a district attorney. But the last thing I did for Jimmy Kimmel was very funny. It was based in truth. Um, this is real. This really happened in Iran. There's uh, internet dating sites, believe it or not. But because dating is illegal, it was an internet marriage site. So instead of eHarmony, they called it like eDating or eMarriage, if you will. This really existed. And the, but there was a problem because people would get on the sites and they're young people, just like young people all right. over the world. They date or they would hook up mm -hmm. and the, the government got angry. They're like, we want to sanction marriages. So basically, Jimmy Kimmel did a spoof. And I worked with really well-known actors. Like the guy that played my father-in-law was a well-known Afghani actor. He was in Rock the Casbah. He was in Charlie Wilson's War. And he played my father-in-law. And basically, you know how they do testimonials where like, I'm against a white wall now. You're against like a white wall. And you're saying, well, I met the love of my life on, you know, eHarmony right. or whatever. So I'm doing that thing in Farsi. And I have like the most prolific monologue. I was very impressed because normally the, all the good juicy lines go to the men. I was playing like a desperate woman, but my character gets traded for a goat <gasps> and they bring goats to the oh! set and they have goat handlers to the set and literally, and then they're dancing. And then the father-in-law is dancing with the goats at the end of the sketch. And I'm like sad. And I'm like, so I got traded for this lousy goat. And then like, I think it was like a family of goats. So they're like, well, this one's a prize. She gets a couple of the, you know, the fa the the in-laws get a couple of goats, and then they show like the family with like the goat family, and then there's like goat handlers, and then one of the goats got sick. I don't want to be gross, but we shot the whole piece, but it was so controversial because it was right during the Iran deal, and it was right when there were all these problems happening in Iraq. Well, there's always problems happening and. Syrian problems and it was right on the cusp of the Iran deal so it only aired once because sometimes they keep re-airing it and re-airing it when there's reruns but this sketch was very controversial and I remember one of the writers saying to the director he's like I don't know man this is really not just like misogynist it's really racist and then the other guy is like well you know it's Jimmy Kimmel we can you know we're just spoofing things and he's like yeah but this is like a whole other level this woman is getting swapped out for like goats He's like, you know, I have friends that are Iranian. They're educated people. They're not all people that get switched up for goats. He's like, yeah, but again, this is Jimmy Kimmel. It's a sketch. 
Let's see what happens. <laughs> they put in a lot of effort for that sketch. They used real goats. They had the handlers. Oh. They put us in a traditional Afghani attire. I mean, I was wearing a burqa, and it was like the real deal. There was handwriting in, in Arabic on the back. So they really did their research on this one. You know, it wasn't like a cheaply done thing. Right. Oftentimes when I've been like, you know, a hijab actress or a burqa actress, I've had to bring my own materials in. But no, this was done like legit. They had an advisor on set to make sure I was, you know, wrapped in all nice and tight. So uh, yeah, Guillermo took selfies with us and our head coverings. He took pictures with the goats. I didn't really interact with Jimmy much, but his brother is a director okay. and he directed I believe he was one of the directors. Okay. Okay. And um, what about your time as a red carpet host for Maximo TV? Tell us about that. That was wonderful. I covered a lot of red carpet events, not necessarily for them, but at the height of my reporting career, I covered the Hannah Montana premiere. And that was nice. insane because Miley Cyrus, you know, was, well, she still is really famous, right. but it was in Hollywood Boulevard. It was at the, what is that? It's like the El Capitan Theater. And okay. there was, I'll never forget, it was like a wall of young girls screaming. And I had a migraine for two days. It was so intense. Oh. And because Miley Cyrus is Southern, we had like uh, fried chicken and grits. But it was like most of Hollywood Boulevard was the spread of the food because there was so much media there. It was wall-to-wall -wall media wow. coverage. It was unforgettable. And they had like corn on the cob. And they had like Southern, traditional Southern chefs. And they had like, it was just insane. It was like insane. That was one of the most uh, surreal red carpets I covered. I also covered stuff like um, more Mad Money. Okay. That was a Queen Latifah movie. Uh, I lots love that of stuff movie. I, yeah, I did a lot of premieres, the Arc Light. I also had my own show where it was kind of like Ion Los Angeles, where I covered like the Getty Museum, the Getty Villa. Because it was a Persian show, mm -hmm. the uh, King Cyrus Cylinder was at the Getty Villa. That's from like 2,500 years ago. I did a segment on that. I did segments on LACMA. I would make it cultural, like I'd cover the Persian New Year. I also okay. would do like a lot of California history. I did uh, the Autry Museum of the West. I did segments on that. I did all sorts of things. I did the Queen Mary in Long Beach, uh, and when they have their Fleet Week in Long mm -hmm. Beach. I've done all sorts of things. And it's really cool because you get to see a lot that most people don't see. Right. And there's an of the Queen Mary that is like absolutely frightening. It's where the indoor pool is, was, and God, like it was creaking a little bit too much, if you know what I mean. Like you could you could feel the spirits in the room. Mm. So uh, not that I'm into that kind it, of stuff. Not that you want to take any with you, you know, just kind of. No, no. <laughs> like, I don't okay, know if now I need regular smudge. people on that tour. They're like, here, let me show you the swimming pool. And you're like, yeah, I don't know if I want to see it. But right. Uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's intense. That's intense. It's it is very intense. If there is very one intense. thing, Vita, that you'd like to say to the world, what would it be? Gosh, um, I guess never give up on your dreams. Keep at it. You never know. You might evolve into your acting career or your voiceover career or your writing career or your hosting career. And I would like to add that nowadays a person can be a hyphenate. You can be an influencer. You can be an actor. You can do voiceover. I feel like five, 10 years ago, you had to be one thing. Now right. you can do right. all sorts of things. So, you know, that's very, very empowering. You know, as an artist, there's so much you can do. Seek out mentors, seek out collaborators. Nowadays, there's YouTube. There's no excuses at all right. for you not 
putting content. Absolutely. And I, I know that some people even do, uh, inter- or, uh, you know, um, audition on their iPhones. There's a, yes, like an app yes, for that. Self-taping. You can audition from anywhere. You can do all sorts of things. That's I just awesome. Earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Why Heck not? Yeah, it is. Now, where can our viewers follow you to keep up with everything that you've got going on and all of your projects that are coming out? For sure. They can follow me on Instagram and Twitter and my Facebook at my name, V-I-D-A-G-H-A-F-F like Frank, A-R-I. I also have a presence under my blog, SoVeryVita.com. Uh, also on IMDb at uh, imdb.me.vitagafari or Vita, I believe. Okay. So, you know, you can just look up Vita Gafari and you'll find me, G-H-A-F-F like Frank, A-R-I. And I just want to say it's such an honor to be on your amazing show with your amazing self you're such a great interviewer and you really do your research i'm so impressed you're super duper smart i really admire i do i do do my research i do um sometimes a few days worth before i interview a guest because you just there's so many different layers you know of the person not just the roles they play exactly and 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 to me that's so inspirational because of, of what people go through and how they get there and, and being able to give that hope and inspiration for people that really just don't know what to do with themselves or yeah, where to I think start the world or is, where to go. Exactly. I think the world is the, is an oyster for young artists. Now there's so it much is. information. There's so much going on. SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, has lots of amazing workshops for newer members or people that have been members a long time. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of great things. Even if you're not in SAG, there's all sorts of things, right. tutorials online, YouTube videos. There's really no excuse. I mean, now there's Instagram TV. There's all sorts of Facebook Live. There's all I, sorts of different. I learned how to do what I did from YouTube videos. Of course, See? like hours and hours and hours of you're a smart lady but that's how i learned and i was like well if i'm gonna do it i better do it right i better know what i'm doing exactly so and for our audience i've added all of vita's links there on her bio page on our new podcast.com platform for you i've also put a couple of videos there for you so be sure to check those out you're definitely going to want to follow her and I just want to thank you for being a new guest. You're an amazing and such an, you know, amazing person and such an inspirational woman and, um, and all that you do. And it's been great meeting you too. So for our audience, if you like this episode, be sure to like, share, subscribe, keep up with all of our new guests, uh, leave us a comment and we will see it. And if you feel fit to buy me a cup of coffee once a month for bringing you these episodes, you can do so at our anchor.fm platform under a new podcast. This is Dawn Piercy and Vita Gafari signing off. Until next time, keep it real.